Collaborative Challenge podcast. Uh, I'm Abigail Jones, and today in our podcast, we are lucky to have Lucy Otter and Joe Reynolds. Today's podcast is really based on a project which was called Traces Stories of Migration. Uh, Lucy's just going to give us some background into um, who she is and what why she proposed the project. Hello, everybody. My name is Lucy Otter. I'm a professor at the University of the Arts London. I'm chair in Art and the Environment. My interest uh, specifically is understanding how clothing and textile crafts can be used as visual voices for change. Great. Uh, Thank you for that. Um, And I was just going to ask a question, Lucy, about how how you began working in using all those elements. So when you think about storytelling, um, craft and textiles, where do you think that began in in your kind of like in your creative practice oh great that's an amazing question thanks Abigail well it began such a long time ago now I actually studied fashion design and uh, was really dissatisfied with the industry it was a time of economic crisis there was um, a terrible recession as a result of the first Gulf War that had broken out in in the early 90s and um, from that perspective, there, was, there wasn't any change happening in fashion. There was no fashion for sta- sustainability. There was uh, no social design practices. And so I was desperately looking for a field, um, a, new, a new form of expression that could um, somehow visualize and talk about and express all of the, the, the terrible things that were happening around us in our society. So um, I used my skills as a, as a designer and my, my knowledge as pattern cutter and materials, uh, my passion for materials, to begin working on clothing as a way to express uh, the effects of a changing society. And, and Joe, um, would you like to talk a bit about your path to ending up in this podcast and a bit about your, your um, experience? Yeah, sure. I'm Jo Reynolds and I um, am Project Manager in Making for Change, which is uh, London College of Fashion's ethical production, social enterprise and community training initiative. Um, And we work with local communities in East London and women in prison um, with the aim to break barriers to employment and change the way people think about fashion production. Uh, We recently, within the last year, um, have opened a new manufacturing um, unit in Poplar Works, which is a community fashion hub in East London, um, and we provide vocational training opportunities here, and we um, deliver this for the local community, giving them uh, work experience alongside their training. But um, also, as part of the um, initiative, we uh, deliver creative projects for the local community and um, collaborate with artists to deliver co co creation arts and socially engaged practice arts um, and. I've been lucky enough to collaborate with Lucy on a couple of projects in my role. Um, firstly, Procession Banners, which was in 2018, and now Traces Stories of Migration. One of my strongest subjects at school was art. I loved it so much, and textiles as well. Um, but my parents were very of the mindset that you weren't allowed to go to art school. So I didn't. Um, and so, um, but my like sort of love of textiles, I really wanted to do textiles at university. And um, my granny used to work at the Gossard factory in Leighton Buzzard. 
um and we used to knit together and like I really enjoyed that process of making with my grandmother but um but yeah my parents said you can't live at home if you're going to study art so um, so I didn't um and um, I ended up working in music actually so I did sort of just not you know like academic subjects and then ended up working in the music industry for ages I worked in the music industry in Glasgow but um uh yeah and then somehow ended up just going into project management and ended up in this job and I feel like even if I had studied textiles at universities I probably would have ended up in this job like I really just love working with the community and working with different people together to use textiles and making and then art to bring groups together and so yeah a bit of a different pathway <laughs> no absolutely but I think yeah I mean that, that appreciation and love for for that for that material and its capabilities I think is is really what ha has has kind of attracted the students to this project and traces um has had a, has had an enormous impact on the work on the students but also the work that was produced um do you want to talk a little bit about what you proposed to the students in the collaborative challenge this year the subject of migration has been um, something that's been really embedded in my practice for for a number of years having worked with um Joe on the Banner Processions project in 2018 that was working with women in prisons and seeing how uh, their voices were um, able to be portrayed through textile and craft making in a collaborative practice in the Making for Change unit. I just thought that we could combine uh, my interest in, in the issues of migration and how design as an artist can uh, visualise movements of people by working together with uh, East London communities, particularly around the Poplar Works, uh, the Poplar District in East London, working with Making for Change, working with Joe Reynolds and Claire Swift from the Social Responsibility Department. Um, so many immigrant populations in the East End and so many more women's voices that we could um, allow to come forth to, to, bring, to bring to light, to bring into being through textiles and making, combining all of these different passions. And um, really the, the, I guess, wanting to share that with uh, the community and also with our students as a way of celebrating craft and making and bringing voices um, out. And I think, you know, having supported the students throughout the Collaborative Challenge, I realised just how much they decided to look at their own um, their own histories. So, so you can see in some of the work that the Windrush appeared, and and so did their their stories of looking back in their own um, histories and finding out the paths that their that their grandparents had taken or their great grandparents had taken. Uh, the work became very evocative of their identity and and in tracing those stories were you acutely aware or not aware that that was going to happen when you proposed it to 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 the master's students no initially um we were hoping to work with um east end communities so around 80 women were going to be involved in the project recounting their stories of migration to the uk and um, then the pandemic hit us and we had to redesign the project with a much smaller community at poplar works in the east end 
and um, realizing that um, actually we needed more voices and um, we had 80 textile designers from BA textile designers on the course. We realized that there would be so many other voices to, to listen to and stories to share. So we decided that students could either, the textile designers could either respond to the stories of the women in the East End or their own personal or family history. And that's when this project became so incredible because we did, as you just said, Abigail learned so much about our different histories, where we're coming from, where we're going to, expectations. It just became such a, a beautiful way to, to reconnect with family members um, in this very, very difficult time during the pandemic. It was just uh, yeah, really, really uh, beautiful. Yeah, it was very thoughtful provoking I, and I, and Joe what do you, did you were you surprised by that by the body of work that was produced yeah so um we um worked with the MA students to create proposals for exhibitions um of the students and the community's textile works so they made proposals for physical exhibitions um, in Poplar Works and also around the East End and also digital exhibitions. Me and Lucy were ready to go with the community and it was really disappointing that we didn't get to start the project in the way that we had imagined but when we turned it around and we started um, with the textile students um, and also with the MA Collaborative Challenge um, it, it definitely just turned out to be unexpected outputs and amazing. It's just been, it was a brilliant experience um, across the board. So, um, yeah, I wasn't, I guess I was expecting more students to focus on the women's stories in Poplar. So what we did was we, some of the women that are associated with Poplar Works Community Fashion Hub, where Making for Change London College of Fashion is based, they um, gave their stories um, for the textile students to interpret, but it was about half and half. And we did, we learned so much about our BA students um, and their journeys and their family journeys. It was it was really great a uh, couple of months. Yeah, we had um, we had four different proposals back from the MA Collaborative Challenge students, and one in particular that really stood out was a, a migratory route around the East End of London, and these students based this on the history of the textile fashion industry in the East End of London and discovering locations and places of interest that were related to that to the past um, industry. So it was really exciting to see that um, they'd thought about the locations and placed a textile artifact in each one of those locations. And there was a recording device so that you could, um, a mapping device, sorry, that you could go around the different locations and learn both about the, the artist uh, designer's work and also about the history of East London. That does sound yeah. brilliant. It and sort of what, sound, they sound like beacons, like they set off little yeah. beacons. for. Yeah, it was really great. And I guess from my from my point of view, being on site and understanding the space at Poplar Works, one of the more simple ideas, which was um, just to have an exhibition in the cafe space at Poplar Works, but the way that the group put together um, the display units, the way they could be collapsed and put back up so that the space could still be used for its functioning purpose as a cafe, that was um, really interesting to me because it just showed that how these different spaces can be used to serve the community that they're embedded in quite sort of innovative and intuitive in in making sure that community spaces were adaptable exactly yeah yeah that's great and Lucy I mean, what about that one that was the, the digital one you know with the different rooms 
Yeah, we had um, one of um, we had a proposal for a virtual exhibition, which was divided into six or seven different themes relating to migrational stories, and each one of the virtual rooms, the galleries, was designed like a living room. So it was as if you were entering into somebody's home, and of course you could see those beautiful artifacts that were reminding us of our personal environment and our family environment. So it's just a beautiful way to respond and also to the, you know, the lockdown, this, this difficulty of not being able to have physical exhibitions. It was a virtual experience, really beautiful. You were kind of acutely aware that immigration possibly will trigger certain things for certain people, what stories are going and what how they're going to attach themselves to a topic. COVID had made people start thinking bigger and deeper, I think. Did you think that as well? Yes, I mean, it was an intense period of questioning. I, I got the sense that many of the students were far from their families and, you know, locked up in home, in confinement, in, in lockdown. And um, listening to the stories of, of other women talking about their past, about um, their memories of their childhood, brought back so much to them and they were able to, thanks to this project and thanks to the methods that we put into place, and um, they were able to um, go back to their families and, you know, ask ask questions, discover things about their history that they, they didn't know about before. Um, and in some sense, it was a really cathartic experience for, for many of the, the textile designers. Um, those that uh, yeah, did learn things that they didn't know about before um, and reveal them also to their family. Um, it was a way of connecting in a, in a period which was really traumatic and difficult for, for um, the young designers. Yeah, it really was. And, and I just wanted to ask both of you um, about the nature of collaboration and why it has always been a, an important part of your practice, Lucy, in particular. Um, have you always understood and valued its worth right from the beginning or have there been times when you've gone oh my god oh my goodness um i was just wondering yeah what is what is your kind of i don't know what drives you to collaborate and has driven you to collaborate for so long yeah having i mean having trained as a designer i mean it's so invaluable this training that we get to work in a team um to you know, to be able to express uh, a drawing and communicate that to somebody else and for somebody else to be able to make that into, into a garment, into an item of clothing is, you know, part of a collaborative process. And then taking that into my artistic practice and collaborating with makers and craftspeople and artisan um, as a way to, yeah, to visualise all kinds of things that I, I I, I'm not um, a specialist in an expertise in, in, you know, in glass making or woodworking or even, you know, making a film to be able to collaborate with these amazingly creative people in order to realise um, an artistic work is, is absolutely fantastic. And I think what it brings is all of these different perspectives, different viewpoints, um, different entry points into, into issues and subjects and areas that we, you know, we can't all be experts in, in these, in these different areas. And to, you know, I guess it's about seeing through other people's eyes and, um, that's the most important thing about collaboration and sharing and being amongst other people. And Joe, do you feel the same way? Yes. Yeah, so 
what what we find with the work that we're doing um through making for change is that it's just it's the process of making has more than it's more than just about the output so it's about how it brings people together and they're making something together this co-creation and this collaboration but that um that participating in projects like this can have it gives people positive memories not just for the duration of the project but for a long time afterwards and that the um the projects can inspire change and have this substantial echo which changes the direction that people are taking why does it feel so easy for you to collaborate what is it about you that makes you feel like yeah i i love this and i and i and i want to do this have you always felt like that about the about collaborate collaborative working or co-production yeah i guess because my background before i worked at um before i worked in the community was um in music and that's all about collaboration from start to end so the music being made the collaboration of the band and people working together but also the recording and the production and the live and everything and the whole industry is based on collaboration in some form so i guess that comes naturally for me but the difference with working in a community focused um project management role is that um is that it really just has a different impact on people you reach different people people that you would never meet or you'd never expect to work with so when we bring students uh, together with the community to work it's this um this great experience where people meet people they wouldn't maybe meet and these they have these amazing outcomes no and i think you're i think yeah that's so true is that you what happens is people are bumping into things and and actually kind of being generous generous enough and open enough to go gosh i never thought of that or gosh I really that really could become a part of it. Uh, I think that pe- that students are very hesitant for a whole host of reasons that we uh, we won't possibly be aware of. But when they feel the value and listen to the value and at the end actually can see it, it's a huge huge shift. From my perspective, from my role in bringing the community work that we do at the college into the curriculum for the students was one of the great things about this collaborative challenge was being able to bring the BAs, uh, textile students work in to show to the MA students and for them to be able to interpret it and to um, work with the BA students in the best way to, to display their work. On the one hand, we had um, the textile designers uh, producing the artworks and these stories of migration in textile craft. And on the other hand, we had the MA Collaborative challenge students that were responding to those artworks, those artifacts. So the challenge was um, to somehow bring to light all of those processes that were going on in the background. So the interpreting of the stories how to show audiences um, the, I mean, the, on the one hand, there's the artifact, but there's also this process of, of going through the stories, of discovering them, of transforming those into marks, into textile samples, and then you know, creating a final artwork. But more importantly, it was this exchange process between the family members, between the community, somehow bringing that to light was a, was a, a great challenge for the MA uh, Collaborative Challenge students. And we were really excited to see um, the different results. We had four different groups and each one of those groups responded in a different way um, in order to, yeah, in order to show 
collaboration, I guess. <laughs> and they and they absolutely, you know, they really did raise to that challenge. The work produced, it did show how sensitive they were and how intuitive they'd become. Did you think that too, Joe? Yeah, the MA Collaborative Challenge students really raised the bar. Me and Lisa were so impressed. We've um, The only disappointment is that we didn't actually get to put the exhibition in place, but it just gives us something to look forward to once the restrictions lifted. But they all came, each group came with a completely different direction and, um, yeah, things that I don't think I could never have thought of as ways to exhibit the work through the local community and to make sure that the work was seen by the widest audience possible. I was interested in the idea that in because cloth and because of your history of making that I I wondered if do you think there is something about textile and craft that that has an integrity because it's about being handmade that there's something yeah. about do you think that's true? Yeah, the great thing about textiles is that it's something that's really ancestral. It's passed on. The skills are passed on a little bit like I mentioned you know, about my background, about being behind that sewing machine and being passed on the skills to stitch. Um, textile crafts are passed on from generations to generations. And it's something specifically that's shared amongst women, um, not only, of course, now, but um, it's something really, really ancestral. And there's a kind of a... It's, it's very meditative, meditative, isn't it, textile crafts? And to be able to do a project like this during the, the lockdown, during the pandemic, um, was also meditative in a way. And then to combine that with storytelling, um, yeah, crafts is, has always been a powerful storyteller. We know that um, symbols and motifs are st stitched into all kinds of artifacts. Well, no, that is exactly what I, I... I did want to capture something about the... Yeah. It's about being authentic and that if you can touch it and you can hold it and it and somehow you made it for whatever reason, there is something about that because we're living in such a sort of abstracted virtual kind of on-screen world that I, that I think it becomes more important because it's not going to go away and it belongs to us. And I think we're living in a time where lots of things are going away and we're not too sure what belongs to us. Um, that I think that's why it it becomes more prevalent and more and holds more value. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I mean, you can pick up scraps of material, you know, threads, bits of wool. You can knit with sticks. You can crochet with little hooks. You know, you can do things by hand, very intuitively, and you know, with very few kind of like means around you. Um, it's a way of kind of like yeah, stitching together the past um, to the, to create new futures, isn't it? So yeah, it is very very ancestral and very very meditative and very cathartic. Yeah, and it's funny. I did a I did a workshop on um, Barbie, and one of the students said she made one out of leftover cloth that they did, couldn't afford Barbies. And yeah, it's interesting that if you don't have, you will make. We will naturally make. Yeah, and what we saw, yeah, what we saw amongst uh, the students' uh, proposals were, you know, even if you're locked down in your home, you know, we had students um, taking out their oven grill and weaving uh, with the oven grill, weaving with bits of paper, with bits of plastic, with the materials they found around them in the home. It was a way of making, you know, of getting through this difficult situation at the same time telling those stories. It was just, yeah, remarkable.
I mean, that's fantastic. You can imagine them using all those sort of disposable chopsticks and knitting with them, can't you? Exactly, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, knitted samples with nuts and bolts in them and plastic cable ties. There was, uh, yeah, objects that were um, broken and re-stitched back onto the textile samples. Yeah, there was, yeah, all kinds of um, intuitive ways of making marks and, you know, what was beautiful about the project is that, you know, the, the students, the textile designers working on this could share those with the community and the community le learnt about new ways of making too and things that they can use them around them in order to, you know, express their, their daily lives. Yeah, that's fascinating. And and thank you so much for sharing that because I do think that is, it's, would it, I just hope it's not forgotten that we do hold on to those, those great those great sort of sense of resourcefulness and why not and you know let's get the oven grill out and I mean I think that's just so so brilliant to hear those stories and thank you so much both of you for coming in and you two are like agents for change you you do shift people's mindsets I think that's really the celebration of the project and the brief that was set it creates intuitive and inquisitive master's students that's what I, I noticed but yeah thank you so much for coming into the podcast and um, we really appreciate the support that you gave the collaborative challenge students this year and we look forward to all the projects that are going to come next year um, but thank you so much thank you so much that's a pleasure bye bye Lucy bye, bye. bye. thanks bye. everyone